Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You are now listening to the Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. I am your host, the five-star, five-diamond chef, J-Man. And with me is the... my sidekick, (laughs) Carl. Carl. Thank you again for listening to Carl and J-Man. This is the bonus episode. This is the bonus episode. Bonus episode to make up for... A rather depressing season finale. And, you know, I, I apologize to the listeners out there that if our season finale was not up to the standards that you are all accustomed to from the Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast, that full disclosure, I was mending a broken heart. Feeling little down. I was feeling very down. Yeah. And I still am feeling very down today. And that's because, you know, for those of you all that know that I am a huge Phoenix Suns fan, uh, a huge Phoenix Suns fan. And so is the Rez famous wife. The Rez famous wife was featured on uh, the local television station through uh, ABC channel five or rather channel three CBS Arizona with a story about um, a, a solo sweater that she purchased at a yard sale that was a sun sweater and she promised the old woman that she bought the sweater from that she'd take it to the next time the Phoenix Suns made the finals, which was this year. And I was also featured on the local newspaper out here on the Hope You Reservation for my son's fandom. And so if you have (laughs) the abilities to uh, view that, the Hopi Tativini, which is our local paper out here on the reservation, although the guy that created the article made me sound like a simpleton and uh, misquoted me on basically every single quote that was in the story. You're going to have to teach that guy what the meaning of uh, quotations are well, though, and not just uh, freestyling and, you know, interjecting whatever it is that he thought that he remembered from the interviews. So that, but either way, either way, myself and the Riz famous wife were both featured for our fandom in two different uh, communication platforms. And so the Suns lost. The Suns lost. They are not NBA champions this year. And I'm very sad about that, Carl. Very sad. You know, I I already knew the Suns were going to lose. Uh, the reason why is because it's such a young team. And, and you know, looking at, at back in 1993 when they were championships, when they, when they actually won the championships, you know, they were already in that position where it was like, okay, yeah, they, they knew how to close out a game. They knew how to close out that, that ending part of it. But then when you look at the newest team now, it's, they did a huge strong lead in the beginning. They were forceful and they, it's like this storm, you know, the storm goes on and on, but yet there, you know, that storm is going to hit a wall once in a while. 
And that's what happened with the suns. And that's basically what happened is that the storm stopped and, and the storm was just, you know, dead pretty much. There was nothing afterwards. And, and then you're like, what, you know, like what, what, what happened? You know, I thought it was raining really good. And, you know, all of a sudden the sun came out, uh, you know, well, pun on words, but you know, the sun came out and there's no more rain now. So it's, it's, it was a sad feeling, you know, it, it's, it's like that, uh, you know, you know, my partner in crime here, you know, he's ugly crying and, uh, pretty much, uh, he still has the puffy eyes and, uh, you know, he's carries around his, uh, Kleenex everywhere and still sobbing. Yeah. And that is the theme of the, uh, bonus episode is heartbreak. Heartbreak. It's heartbreak and how we handle <laughs> things like heartbreak or extreme emotions, you know, folks like us here living on the reservation. And it's funny, you know, because I told, um, I told my, uh, my supervisor, I said that, you know, I, I think that, you know, there are people out there that don't understand how a person can get so sad or so upset about a sports game. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it's just sports, I guess. But I guess, you know, for somebody like me that's been invested into this team since 1993 and been purchasing all of the money that I probably spent on Phoenix Suns merch over my lifetime. Yeah. It's probably in the thousands. Yeah. The amount of money that I've spent to attend Phoenix Suns basketball games over the period of my lifetime is probably in the thousands. Mm. And then so investing those dollars in addition to investing the time, because I've watched this team season after season after season Regardless of whether they're good or not within these last hellacious 10 years yeah, where we have not made it to the playoffs and then going through this, you know, real uh, bad phase to where we were the joke of the league. And, you know, like I've mentioned before, and that's the other thing, too, is because I was on such a high. Like, I was on this media blitz. Like, I was featured on several podcasts outside of our own. To talk about the Phoenix Suns and then like you said that they came strong went up to zero after they won game two I thought for sure they were gonna win the championship like there was just no way we just looked like the bigger and better team up to zero I think the odds at that point were like 90% chance that we were gonna win it all and I just <laughs> didn't see us losing four straight games and it happened <laughs> It happened and it's difficult because, you know, the, the thing that I kind of um, the thing that I kind of compare it to almost in a way is like the love of your life breaks up with you publicly on social media. And so it's not just a private heartbreak. But everybody sees it. Everybody's yeah. talking yeah. about it. You got all the haters on Facebook, all the people who think they're comedians <laughs> talking about, oh, Suns fans, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, you got all of the major news outlets talking about it on, you know, ESPN, FS1, YouTube. That's the story of of, of the sports world right now. Yeah. That the Milwaukee Bucks are the reigning NBA champions. And I, I, I applaud them. You know, I applaud them. I give them their kudos. Giannis wanted it more. Yeah. He did anything and everything that he could to get that team over the line. And for our young son's team, 
they hit adversity. And once they hit that adversity, once it became hard, they faltered. They yeah. faltered and, and just couldn't get it done. And so I am heartbroken. And, you know, I thank you, Carl. And I thank the listeners out there for this opportunity for me to rant and put my heart on the table about my Phoenix Suns team. Thank you. You're welcome. Now I'm going to go back to crying. Now. <laughs> you know, you know, this uh, this story actually does remind me of uh, remember that movie that came out with Rick Moranis and uh, what was his the Al Bundy, Al Bundy, the little giants. Honey, I shrunk the kids. No, no, no. It's uh, it's called let's call little giants. <laughs> you said Al Bundy. <laughs> you mean Ed O'Neill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why you guys played Al Bundy, right? Yes. Yeah. And uh, you know, he uh, there, you know, Al Bundy, pretty much the character. Uh, no one's going to know him by Ed O'Neill. But uh, Al Bundy, the character, he's like this bigger and better person. Like, you know, he's like, I'm all state championship football team here. Popular. Yeah, popular. And, you know, Rick Owns Moran- his own business. Yeah, owns his own business. Rick Moranis is like, you know, the smaller, younger brother. Yeah. You know, just goofy looking kid and stuff like that. And, you know, Al Bundy, he goes on to win like championships after championships. And then he coaches the Pee Wee football team called, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the Cowboys. Cowboys. Cowboys, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, you know, and then Rick Moranis' daughter, uh, I've forgotten her name, but she wants to join a football team. She wants to play football. She wants to play football. And, you know, and uh, and pretty much they, they go through this whole ordeal where they grabbing like these weird looking kids, like, you know, <laughs> kids that <laughs> just kids that didn't make. Yeah. The team. Kids that are more suited to, uh, you know, computer camp. Yeah. Computer camp and stuff Science like club. that. <laughs> and, you know, and, and they said that we're going to beat these uh, all-time uh, you know, players here you uh, know, and, and they're like well I'll give you two weeks you know Al Bundy says I'm gonna give you two weeks to you know do all of this stuff and so you know throughout the whole movie they're training they're making uh, making sure that they're gonna beat the whole thing and yet none of the none of the uh, Al Bundy's team was training because they already knew that they were gonna win mm-hmm. they and weren't training they as were, hard yeah they weren't training as hard so during the game, during the, the, the game at the end part, Al Bundy said that we got this, you know, you go ahead and go easy on them. You know, they can't do anything more. And, and in his mind, everything was all set and done. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, of course, it happened like that. They were up like, what, 6-0 and during the first half. And, you know, Rick Moranis' team, the little giants, they're like, you know, I give up. It's getting hard here. It's getting getting to the point where it's like, we don't want to play we anymore. We can't do it. And so, you know, Al Bundy's team is like, you know, yeah, we got this. Go ahead and goof off and whatnot. And then Rick Moranis's uh, team comes back and he comes back hard. You know, they and they're hard hitting and they're doing all of these quirky moves like computer moves and stuff like that. And they win the game. 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 And so... So you're, you're saying that the Phoenix Suns are Al Bundy's team? Yes. I'm telling you that the Phoenix Suns are Al Bundy's team because they didn't train hard enough. They thought that they were going to win because they won all of their games before. And they thought that in the, in the finals there, in the championships, they thought that they had it in the bag. They thought they were going to play the same plays over and over. And yet... No, Rick Moranis' team, the Bucks, came back harder than ever and squashed the Phoenix Suns team. <laughs> and now, you know, now it, it just became that that story again. Mm-hmm. 
It, it, this is a very difficult thing for me to talk about, but let's just talk about on the topic of heartbreak and, you know, because my, my heart is, is wrenching right now. Yeah. Have you ever had your heart broken, Carl? Oh, yeah. Several times. Yeah. Can you, can you, uh, would you like to share any of those stories with the listeners? Oh, yeah. Remember Al Bundy's team? Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no. I'm not in the mood, Carl. I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, I, I mean, you're, you're no different than anybody else. No. I mean, like I've had my heart broken. Everybody, everybody has, <laughs> everybody hits that wall now and then. And it's, I mean, my side is like, you know, oh, I wanted to become a ninja. <laughs> I know it doesn't seem like it, but yes, it, it was heartbreaking that I you, couldn't. You can't see my face listeners, but I am rolling my eyes. <laughs> No, no, no. L- listen to my story here. It's because Seoul didn't think that I could become something like that, like become like an athlete. Become like- I wonder why she thought that. <laughs> Let's say I knew you in your adolescence. All I have to do is ask myself, J-Man, why didn't you think Carl could be a ninja way back when, when you knew him in the adolescence years? One, he's goofy. <laughs> Two, he doesn't shut up. So the element of surprise is completely eliminated. Are we talking from being a ninja? No athleticism whatsoever, unless he's going to hacky sack a guy to death. Then maybe he can use that oh, as a way to combat against the all powerful samurai. But go ahead, Carl. Keep, go ahead with your story. My, it wasn't very heartbreaking, okay? You know, there's no. Dojos around in Cuba City. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there was no dojos there, and you know, uh, you know, uh, what was the guy just named from uh, Karate Kid? Never was around. The uh, the old man. the old man. You know, I had to catch flies. There was no sensei for you. <laughs> There's no sensei for it. Had to catch flies by myself. You know, and you know, I mean, like. Like that. I mean, like you, when you're a kid, you have all of these goals and aspirations and you have all of these things that you want to do. But yet when you're limited by resources or limited by your own abilities, then it becomes heartbreaking to you that you can't fulfill your your goals and your aspirations there. You know, I did want to become, I really did want to become a ninja mm-hmm. for, for some reason. I just mm-hmm. held that knowledge that, Oh my God, I, I would become like the shadow. I would become like the shadow, you know, like, shh, you know, like behind the couches, I would scare mom or, you know, scare so and qua. And, and I, I thought that I could become something like that, but I ended up becoming, uh, you know, the president of the world pretty much. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it is very heartbreaking to see. You to mean say. the president of Seoul and Kwa's house. <laughs> and I, I do apologize out to the listeners if I do seem a little bit more, more than usually aggressive towards Carl. I'm ending a broken heart. And like most native men, when we're emotional, we do tend to lash out at others. And so, yeah. you know, I, I do apologize to Carl ahead of time. For the remainder of this episode and, and what might be said. But then you need to think about heartbreak. What do normal people usually get their heart broken about? Oh, I mean, like, you know, love. Relationships. Relationships, love. Mm-hmm. You know, money problems, girl problems, guy problems. Mm-hmm. You know, all the, the basic stuff. Well, I guess to your experience to agree, broken dreams, right? Oh, yeah, broken, broken dreams. Because yeah. you have your heart set 
on something in particular. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't get it. And that's why your heart breaks. Oh, yeah. Because you don't get what it is that you desire. Yeah. And yeah. I very much desired to have the Phoenix Suns be NBA champions. And now my heart's broken. Yeah. As a kid, your heart was desired to be a ninja. And that didn't happen. So your heart was broken. And so how do you deal with heartbreak? Oh, my God. You know, uh, when does you're, it depend, do you think, I mean, upon how your heart's broken from what your heart's broken on? I mean, like, you know, uh, there are different ways of coping mechanisms, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I I um, uh, I cried to soul, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just uh, there's or, you know, you I talk to my cat. You know, I, I, I have a cat, you know, or, uh, that I talk to. Uh-huh. He's the only one that doesn't tell my secrets. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, I, you know, I, I just, I, I pretty much, I don't, I'm not like a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> That's too easy. That okay. Too easy. All right. So, I, I mean, like. I don't, I don't, I'm like, I'm not like a normal guy where he he goes out and goes with his friends, drinking with his friends, partying with his friends, you know, like, you know, hey dude, let's go and get you all messed up so you can forget about your problem. You know, I'm not like that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I tried to get you to go to Las Vegas. Yeah. I, I, and you decided not to go. (laughs) That's because, uh, because someone told me not to go. (laughs) But I mean, I think that, you know, for anybody that's gone, they're heartbroken and, you know, it might depend on what it is, Yeah. because if it's relationship wise, you get your heart broken. I think, like you said, a lot of us do turn to alcohol. Oh, yeah. And I think for any other reason that you get your heart broken, you do turn to alcohol. Oh, yeah. Drown your problems, you know, kind of that old country theme. Yeah. Drowning your problems. Yeah. And alcohol trying to make yourself forget in the instance of a relationship a girl breaks up with you, you know, somebody that you're really into. And then maybe in turn, you know, you go out, drink and try to find somebody else to hook up with to help mend the pain. But of course, you know, things like that, that's usually like a Band-Aid yeah. over over the, the big stab wound, you know. So essentially it's not really what it is that's going to heal you. Because like for me and my heartbreak right now, I, I think I'm still in that real fresh beginning stages to where like it's just a lot of anger, a lot of sadness. And then once I move on, then it'll be yeah. a little bit more accepting about, uh, you know, what happened. The What was the seven coping mechanisms of grief or something like that? Yeah, was some, it something like that? Something to that. Like degree. anger, acceptance, mm-hmm. uh, moving on. Or Bar- I don't bargaining. Know what, and, yeah, bargaining know, and stuff like that. Yeah. Et cetera and et cetera. But um, I, I guess in terms of what you've seen from other folks around the reservation, how do you see them coping with heartbreak? You know, I don't really get out much and to actually... <laughs> see somebody with the heartbreak and stuff like that. But I do, there are, you know, in my family, there were some pe- uh, different people that, that did have their heartbreak. You know, one of, uh, one of my guests, uh, you know, she had her heart broken by a guy okay. and her coping mechanism was like locking herself in her room, crying pretty much, yeah. you know, you know, tearing up the pictures. I yeah. don't know what they do. Bur- burning the burning clothes. the clothes, you know, uh, taking everything out that reminds her of him, you know, and then starting fresh again, you know, that's, that's a different coping mechanism of like heartbreak like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what else types of other heartbreaks there are besides me becoming a ninja not becoming a ninja and then you uh you know into your little sports uh-huh. sports game there you know it's it's now that i think about it you know i think that both 
what caused our heartbreaks do kind of sound silly. Yeah, yeah exactly. In, in sports teams, you know, when there are actual our heartbreaks that <laughs> like, actually like real heartbreaks. to people's lives. <laughs> like that, like, like well, I, I guess I, I'm kind of fixating on relationship heartbreak because that's something I have seen. Yeah, It's yeah. something that I've actually experienced. And, you know, it it's, it's just like when your heart is broken on a relationship level that in my experience, it's like, the R&B songs that you hear. It's, it's like all of the cliche stuff that, you know, you're going around everywhere and you see this person everywhere because yeah. every yeah. little thing reminds you of, of this person. You drive past the McDonald's. Oh, we used to go to McDonald's together. And then it got to you thinking about the person. You drive by your mom's house. Like, oh, I introduced her to my mom at yeah. some point. And, you know, it, it's just it's just this thing but it's interesting when, you know, like at least from an ex external perspective, when you see how other people cope with heartbreak, at least especially from a relationship context. And I think that it's pretty consistent, especially when you think about like reservation, relationship, yeah, breakups, yeah. like those are like some of the most unique things. And I think that we've talked about <laughs> it a little bit to some extent on our relationship episodes. You know, I think that we did a few of them, yeah. our, our res relationships, res love episodes, and then our, our male romance episodes but it's kind of pretty consistent that and i i made this i made this um i brought this point up to a friend very recently especially with the introduction of social media yeah i told him that you know that when a girl that you know who's been in a relationship that when they become single because all of a sudden they start posting selfies uh -huh. like every day yeah and so I think that that's kind of their their mating call, I guess, to to let the rest of the world know that hey, I'm single, I'm looking cute. Okay, guys, now it's time. For, it's open. My DMs are open for you guys to start sliding in. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm no longer with with my with my with my guy. Yeah. And the other thing too that I, I think is pretty common is that when. And this is this is from a male perspective, talking about the females, and I'm sure that the females out there have their own perspective when it relates to males and when they become single and as it regards to social media, that a lot of the women out there that are in relationships and all of a sudden become single, some of them, they'll start sliding in the DMs. And, you know, as a guy, you'll get those messages, hey. Oh, yeah. And then that's kind of their, you know, I, I guess way to kind of throw their fishing line back into the waters to see what, what kind of fish that they can hook. You know, my DMs um, consist of like eBay saying that you left your cart with these specific items left in your cart. Please yeah. com complete your purchase. You those are pretty much in my DMs. You don't have other souls <laughs> sliding into souls. your DMs. <laughs> you know, I don't have much friends on my social media, so... <laughs> <laughs> and 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 so you know that and and so I think that that's one way at least that you know folks that are newly single yeah and dealing with some emotional emotional pain let me get some attention to try to help mend the heart a little bit or at least you know to help you know make this idea of being single feeling a little bit better that you're conversing with somebody else that could potentially turn 
what they're going through into a rebound because really that's what it is. It's a rebound. Once you get with somebody that's fresh off of a relationship and sometimes, you know, those rebounds turn into long-term things, which I've seen. Yeah. But then a lot of the times a rebound is a rebound. Yeah. So like, how do we, how do we mend these broken hearts? Do, is it just take time about the, you know, the, the time and the effort or we just kind of forget about it and kind of move on? I, I think that, the real answer is, like you said, time. Yeah. It's time. Time heals all is, is mm. the phrase that you hear quite often. And I think the reason why you hear that said often is because it's true. Time, time heals all. Because when I think about years back, years back, and so the <laughs> listeners out there, you know, please, I, I'm referring to years back. <laughs> and, and there's no need to contact the Red's famous wife and, and get her upset with me. But when I think about years back and, you know, I experienced my heartbreak, I think I did every single thing in the book that they told you to get out of the heartbreak. Yeah, yeah. I hung out with friends. I made myself busy and got involved with other things, clubs and extracurricular events, went to work. I was in school at the time. And I even did the bad things, you know, the drinking and, you know, sliding into yeah. the DMs. But although back then, I think it was MySpace. More, and so. more computer time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I don't know if they were even called DMs back then, back in the MySpace you know, era. You know, I, I was just thinking about like how you were saying like, uh, like girls putting their pictures on social media f to, for them to sign into your DMs. How did 1990s work? You know, how did, how did we, how did, how did that work? You know, your, your, your pagers started <laughs> blowing up. Um, yeah. <laughs> your, your mom's, call, your mom or your soul is your, saying, the, the, letter, hey, the little folded that, letters. That girl's calling you again. Or, yeah. The folded, the little letters. folded letters started coming in. <laughs> Actually, what for me was that, um, I did. We did have a cell phone. So I had a cell phone and I gave that to one of the girls and uh, she started calling, um, you know, pretty late at night. And so it would answer. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, this was during like in uh, like pre high school. Yeah. And uh, she's like, uh, so who's this? And then this is Carl home. And I was like, it's 12 o'clock midnight. Why? Why are you calling him? He's sleeping. And it's like, well, I just want to talk to Carl. And no. Call back tomorrow. Call back tomorrow. You know, and, and those, I guess those are the things back in the nineties that we did. So, you know, back, uh, you know, what reminds me as well too, is that, uh, you know, back in, back in our day, back in the 1990s, we, we didn't, I guess the heartbreak wasn't so much of a common issue with us because it was, it was free. It was pretty much free. I thought it was pretty much free. You know, like the, the whole, the whole idea was like, you know, oh, okay, this is how life is pretty much, you know, where, where things were simple. A and W was still up and, you know, you could go get a burger at the at truck stop, you know, and uh, at the greasy spoon, you know, and, and all of those little different things like that. And I thought that that was pretty cool. And I never thought about you know, breakups and girls and, you know, being come like, uh, you know, sports teams and stuff like that. So I, I don't, I never really experienced heartbreak in that way. So Carl, we were kids in the nineties. <laughs> That's why you, you have this strange fixation on the nineties. And, you know, I, I, I think it's probably because that was probably the happiest time. It of was your the life, happiest time, which of my I don't life. understand because in the 2021, yeah, you co-host a very popular podcast <laughs> and yet you wish you were back in the nineties. Well, back in the nineties with the podcast. <laughs> 
No, I just I just think that going back in in your childhood was was a lot better because it I mean, I had all my stuff there. I mean, I had all the the memories that were were brought up there. And and you know, I'm I'm pretty sure like the listeners out there, you know, can agree with me is that yeah, it your childhood was the best part of your life. And when you grow up into an adult, then you see everything for what it is. And that I guess that is part of being heartbroken as well too. Is because you met your you met your idol, you met your super Superman pretty much, you know, like the, like the saying goes, it's like, you know, don't meet your idols or don't meet your heroes or something like that. Well, Peter Pan, I am going to bring you into back into adulthood <laughs> and I, I'm sorry that I have to take you out of the 1990s, but back to what the topic is of this bonus episode. <laughs> but like, like, you know, aside from time, how else do you cope with heartbreak? Like what are the actual steps that you take in terms of how you think about it? Like in your own mind, how did you accept that you weren't going to become a ninja? Well, the very first thing that I did was that, um, of course there were no dojos in Tuba city. And I accepted that, that there were, you know, uh, there was no, I, I couldn't be Ralph Macchio. I couldn't be that. And, and I, I became to where it's like, okay, well then I have to figure out another outlet, you know, think, think about another topic that I could uh, grasp a hold of, you know, like, uh, with computers, computers were already available and you finding know, something else, something, finding something else like that. And I, I grew in, I, I grew to love the, the computer because you can create, uh, things on the computer. You, you can create artwork, you can create music, you can create anything you want on a computer. And that's what I, that's what I liked. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I guess that's what happened is like, you know, uh, during that sadness part is that I forgot all, all about that. And I just kind of jumped to, um, end of season seven or whatever and say that, Oh, I'm, I'm over my heartbreak now, yeah, you know? Yeah. And, and because I found something new and something uh -huh. better and something uh -huh. more nicer for me. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I had this morning, I had a really nice, uh, discussion with my brother-in-law driving in to uh k-town yeah from from where, where i live and you know i i think that that's something that we talked about at least this idea of maturity yeah. or being mature that when you have this mature mindset understanding that when you don't get what you want this idea that you accept it because yeah. what else can you do right because like when you're a kid Wanting to become a ninja, there's no dojo in Tuba City. Oh, yeah, yeah. What could you do as a kid? Like, you know, as as popular as a, a movie like The Little Rascals might yeah. want to paint it, you're not going to build your own dojo. No. You're not going to find a ninja sensei to, you know, teach you how to do ninjutsu and all that stuff. And then, you know, same thing with, with my heartbreak over the suns or heartbreak that I had years ago pre the Res Famous Wife. It's like, what can, well, what can I do about it? Yeah. You know, like, like, what can I do about it? If there's absolutely nothing that you can do about it, then it's that, this idea that, okay, well, I have to move on. I have to move on. I have to get over this excessive pain that I'm feeling, this emotional pain that I'm feeling, because what else do you have in your life? Like for you, yeah. you had your grandparents, yeah, you had yeah. siblings. I have a wife and kids that I have to take care of. And so I can't sit here and dwell over my emotional pain, whether that's over the sons or other things that are actually <laughs> 
more important, you know, because, you know, life, you know, throws you all kinds of wrenches oh, yeah. into your yeah. gears. You lose loved ones. You, uh, I don't know, experience other types of extreme emotions. Yeah, you yeah. know, maybe your, your wife leaves you at some point. Or, you know, maybe uh, vice versa, you know, your husband leaves you or all these other different types of things that happen. And I think that, you know, the the pitfalls that we fall into is that we constantly dwell on it. How come this happened? Why did this happen to me? How come it didn't go my way? And, you know, I, I think that, you know, one, a big part of our conversation that I had with my brother-in-law this morning is that unfortunately... A lot of us don't have that mature mindset. No. Because then in our discussion that I had with him, that unfortunately a lot of us still have an immature mindset. Because what happens to kids when they don't get their way? They cry. They, they pout. yell. Yeah. They throw things. They pout. And I've seen adults do that mm. when they don't get what they want, when they don't get their way. Yeah. That they cry, they throw things, they pout, punch holes in walls. Um, anything in regards to that type of rejection or that type of loss of something that you feel is important to you. I heard a story that within one of the offices out here on the reservation a man was fired uh -huh. because he wasn't doing his job yeah he was fired and then so what he did was he goes back into the office opens all their cabinets that has all this documents and information and he took it all out and he dumped it on the floor <laughs> god because he was upset yeah yeah he lost his job and so you know i i guess that was a big part of why I wanted to talk about how we deal with these emotional things. Yeah. Because not a lot of us deal with it in an emotional, healthy way. Like I have yet to go onto social media and talk about my pain for the <laughs> loss of the Phoenix Suns. And I think that that's another immediate response that people in this day and age do is that whether they're heartbroken or hit with some sort of emotional stress yeah that they run to social media and it, and they talk about it um but like a lot of the the social media that i seen was about the phoenix suns and a, a lot of it was about you know bragging about like how the phoenix sun is going to take it in four and how the the phoenix sun is going to to dominate the this world's championships and when they when they lost the same people that were you know, quoting sons in four, they were denouncing the, they sons. were denouncing the sons. They were saying that sons suck. You know, <laughs> I don't want to believe in this team anymore. Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, it sucks to be a sons fan anymore. You know, all of this. And they, they, it's, no, I remember why I didn't cheer for this. Yeah. Team. Yeah. And they, they, they start, they start bragging on the sons. It's like, you know, Oh, I hate that sons guy. CP three, you know, all of the, you know, all of these different, different things like that. And if that's you, you can unfollow me right now. Cause <laughs> I don't tolerate that type of stuff on my timeline. It's weird because the people that I did see were all bragging, like, you know, Suns in four, you know, we're going to go all state. And, you know, like you didn't do anything. You're just watching the Phoenix Suns, you know, and, you know, they're saying like, you know, we believe in this team. We're going to go ahead and make sure that we're going to be on top. And then, you know, they lose and they're like, Phoenix Suns suck you. Fuck man. man. He's like, <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I definitely saw a lot yeah. of that. And I was very 
disappointed in those folks because you know they probably just jumped on the bag wagon yeah, right, yeah, with, they right did. when the playoffs started and then you know with, with all they were thinking about was the celebration parties yeah. and, and how they could you know boast about our Phoenix Suns yeah. but now they're gone now now they're uh, no longer Suns fans but you know for the uh, faithful out there for, for the Phoenix Suns faithful we'll be back next year I, I think that will be a good team and um, you know I it hurts you know it hurts and you know like for you know, a big part, the theme of this topic is dealing with that hurt. And, you know, I, I'd like to thank you. Like, thank you again. Thank you listeners for allowing me to put my heart out there. This <laughs> is part of my healing process. And, you know, I, 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 I don't want to seem vain that, you know, this is something that I'm legitimately hurting about a Phoenix, a sports, a, a sports team, team. Yeah. in comparison to actually the actual real hurt that yeah, people yeah. experience out there. But I think that this was just my way of using the Suns as a vessel to talk about this topic of, of heartbreak, to talk about this topic of hurt. And I think that, you know, next season in season six that, you know, we'll cover this a little bit more as an actual episode because next season, I definitely want to talk more about uh, at least how guys think, especially when it relates to women Okay. How it relates to relationships, how it relates to some of the bad things that guys do, because we definitely do some bad things. Oh, yeah. Sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so um, but I, I, I guess I guess that's pretty much it for me here. Well, you know, you are welcome. You're most welcome. This is what friends do. You know, they mm-hmm. they give you the opportunity to. Uh, to to cry, I guess you could say <laughs> to to, you know, lash out at one another. And this is what guys do pretty much. This is, I guess this is part of the healing process, but, (laughs) but you know, I, I do thank everybody out there. And if you are going, if you are experiencing heartbreak, you know, there are different trauma centers. There are different centers around here, programs that do offer help and, you know, offer these services for you. So, you know, thank you again for listening to Carl and J-Man bonus episode here on the CJ podcast. And this pretty much concludes season five. And that concludes season five. Yeah. And, you know, I, I guess just to add on before we, before we go. Okay. Because I did see a meme on there that only natives say goodbye and then continue <laughs> to talk for 25 to 30 more minutes. <laughs> but I, I believe that Carl and I will take an extended break. Yeah. Going into yeah, season yeah. six. And then so, you know, we'll do our best to at least give you some YouTube content because there is some YouTube content that Carl and I talked about that will at least, you know, keep keep the whistles wet for Carl and J-Man content. And, you know, I, I think that for for us that it is emotionally draining to keep the podcast going (laughs) because then, you know, as we try to promote the podcast through our social media avenues that, you know, sometimes we get things thrown at us that, you know, we didn't really ask for or, or, or appreciate in some exist in, in some instances. And so, you know, we got a nice message from one of you listeners out there that actually defended Carl's honor when he made the proclamation about uh, women running for the, the chairman's position. And, and so, you know, if, if you were that uh, coyote guy out there that was uh, challenging Carl and saying that he was wrong, no pal, you were wrong. <laughs> 
I just kind of went in, in a weird kind of way, but I actually, I was kind of, I was right. (laughs) But, but, you know, thank you again, uh, for listening to Carl and J man, save the world podcast, you know, uh, just donate whatever you want. If you do go to anchor.fm slash CJ podcast 85 to become a monthly donor or go to buymeacoffee.com slash CJ podcast 85 CJ podcast to donate a dollar or more. If you're not following us on our social media accounts, you can find us at Carl and J-Man all across the board's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And by the time that Carl and I return for season six, you'll have a happier J-Man, hopefully a a happier Carl. (laughs) And, you know, Carl will make time to get our missing season five on YouTube. Yeah, hopefully. And then we'll hit you with some more YouTube content and uh, we'll hopefully by the time we return for season six, we'll be back on track to running this ship at full speed. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for listening to Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. My name is Carl and this is my best friend, J-Man. So long. Quack, quack.